Hi, I'm Bill Hoppy, Buffalo Sabres beat reporter, and I'm joined by Nick Sabato, sports editor of the Niagara Gazette and Buffalo Bills beat reporter. And welcome to Buffalo Beat, a new podcast we're launching to discuss and analyze the Bills and Sabres. Nick, are you ready to do this? I'm ready, Bill. I can't believe that you're ready to do this, considering that you still have your Hotmail email account. You don't own a cell phone. Uh, you still look for <laughs> look at games at the TV Guide. I mean, this is a monumental occasion for Bill Hoppy. Only one of those is true, the uh, the Hotmail account. I, I, I don't get TV Guide. Um, I, I just, uh, I don't know. I, I am a little slow with the technology. That's why I'm... Uh, finally doing a podcast in 2020, I don't even know the year, 2023, but here we are and, and we're going to do this uh, each week and uh, hopefully you'll join us. Uh, Nick, we got the Bills and the Jets coming up. Uh, the Bills had an interesting preseason. I mean, it was I guess it was kind of quiet, but I mean, there's still roster battles and, and moves made. Um, at the top of the list, uh is the number two cornerback job. Uh, what does it mean by for Kyrie Elam finishing third in the race and, and, and his future? I mean, this is a guy they traded up to take in the first round last year, and, and here he is. He's not getting the playing time I think people expected at this point in his career. No, I, I think there, there probably should be some cause for concern. Um you know, you, 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 it's it's not whether or not he can play in the NFL. I think he's already proven he can play. Um, it's whether or not he fits in what the Bills want to do. He was, you know, a physical press man corner in college, and the Bills don't do a whole lot of that. I think they saw some raw athletic traits and figured they could mold him in what they want into what they want him to be, and it just hasn't happened. But it's not like he's playing poorly. Um, Christian Benford uh, has come and, and kind of taken the job over the last two, three weeks. I wouldn't be surprised to see him start week one. Um, Sixth-round pick, he, he took the job from Elam to start the year last year as well. Um, but, you know, in front of Elam right now is certainly Benford and Dane Jackson, who early in camp I think everybody thought was going to take the job pretty handily. Um, you know, through the first two preseason games, he was the starter. Um you know, based on his reps during the preseason games, it, it looked like he was going to be the guy. And then just all of a sudden, Benford, the last two two weeks or so of preseason, has just kind of just kind of swiped that job away. Are you surprised that, that he swiped it away? I mean, it, it seemed like Elam's job maybe to lose. Um, I Benford is so smart. I mean, he's a Villanova guy. Um, he played in a system similar to what the Bills run in college, so I think that was easier for him. But he's just he's just a steady Eddie, um, <laughs> and, and I think that's kind of that's what Dane Jackson has been as well, and I think that's what the Bills like. Elam is kind of boom or bust, um, no pun intended. But uh, I, I I wouldn't I wouldn't close the book on him yet. But but it's it's probably time to start thinking whether his best years are going to come in Buffalo. Interesting. Okay, so middle linebacker should there be con- there's concern. Um, Tyrell Dodson and A.J. Klein struggled against the Bears. Uh, Klein was cut. I think a lot of people, including myself, thought, you know, they resigned him. They brought him back last year during the regular season. I, I just figured he was going to make the team. Uh, now they've added Christian Kirksey, who has a lot of experience, to the practice squad. Uh, there's a lot of questions there at middle linebacker. How do you dissect that, I guess? 
I think that's the biggest area of concern on the team. Um, at cornerback, all those, all, all three of those guys can play. Uh, it's just a matter of which one is better. Middle linebacker, we don't know. Um, I think Terrell Bernard is the guy. I think that's the guy they've been waiting for. He was just on the cusp of kind of seizing that job, it seemed like. The last day of training camp, he's doing a one-on-one, and his hamstring pops, and he's out the entire preseason. Um, and that gave more time for Tyrell Dodson. Uh, that gave more time for A.J. Klein. A.J. Klein, before Dodson got hurt, was playing a lot of weak side linebacker in camp. He was kind of on the second and third team, and then all of a sudden he's taking reps with the ones. Balen Spector had been in that mix at middle linebacker to start camp. He had, I think, one day with the ones and then just kind of kind of dropped uh, dropped right down the depth chart to the point where even Klein had jumped in. But Klein and, and Dodson just didn't impress in the preseason, particularly in coverage. They just didn't have the mobility to stick with running backs, stick with tight ends. It just wasn't working. And Christian Kirksey, also, he's a guy that the Bills had interest in 2020. He ended up going to Green Bay. The Bills signed A.J. Klein. Um he, his hamstring goes in Houston uh, during the preseason, and you know they cut him. And I think uh, the Bills saw a little bit more upside in what he can do in their system. They don't want a sub. They want a guy who can cover. They want a guy who can come up and run support. And I think he, he seemed a little bit better option than Klein um, from what they've said. But Bernard is their guy, and I think that's the guy they're going to run with if he can't. I would you, you'll see Kirksey elevated from the practice squad pretty quickly. What can what else can you tell us about Bernard? Just uh, I, I think fans saw him a little bit last year, but uh, what would just what can you tell us about him? I think people people saw see the size and say can can he do that? Because he's not six five and two fifty like Tremaine Edmonds is. He's about two hundred thirty pounds. He might be a little heavier now, um, just growing into his body and becoming an adult male. Um, <laughs> Uh, but but Brandon, the, the question was asked of Brandon Bean at, during the draft because Dorian Williams is similar sized, um, and they they pretty quickly wanted Williams to play weak side, Matt Milano's position, um, not in place of Matt Milano, but in his position. Um, and the question was asked, why why are they different? And the answer is that Bernard has is is a little more instinctual. Um, Williams makes a lot of plays sideline to sideline with athletic ability, and he's a thumper. But Bernard has some natural instincts. There's there's natural instincts to step up into the hole and take on a guard. Um, that's what Tremaine Edmonds did last year. He was the first linebacker in the hole, fills it, takes on the guard, and lets Matt Milano kind of slice through because Matt Milano is not suited to take on those linemen. Um, but you have to have instincts to do that, that – that's something that some linebackers naturally shy away from, not because they're afraid or anything like that. It's just, it's just instinct. Some some linebackers have the instinct to take it on. Some guys naturally try to avoid it. If you avoid it, that might that might free up that guard to to go get another defender. And I think Bernard kind of fits that role. Interesting. So let's go to the other side of the ball, Nick. Um... The Bills' offense, of course, has been just incredibly potent over the last few years, and they have some new weapons here. Uh, they have Trent Sherfield and Deontay Hardy at wide receiver, and they drafted, of course, Dalton Kincaid. How is the, the offense going to look with those three guys uh, in play? Well, I, I, I think 
the last few years, especially since Stefan Diggs has been been in Buffalo, they've been pretty pretty regular in what they do. They're gonna more often than not run three wide receivers and a tight end. And Stefan Diggs is gonna be the X. Um, you know, Cole Beasley or Isaiah McKenzie was gonna be in the slot, and then a Gabe Davis or an Emmanuel Sanders or whoever they've had, they're gonna be the Z. I don't think you're gonna see that that consistency a whole lot this year. Um, I, I, I think uh, you're going to see Diggs all over the field. You might see him at X. You know, you might see him in the slot. Um, you're going to see a lot of two tight end sets, I think, from, from what we've seen. Um, you're going to see Dalton Kincaid in the slot. You're going to see Deontay Hardy in the slot. You're going to see guys kind of in, in multiple different positions, and I think they're going to be pretty pretty difficult to match up against if they can they can get rolling and use all those weapons. What impressed you about uh, Kincaid during training camp? Obviously, he comes in with a, with a lot of hype. Um, he's so fluid. He's so smooth as a route runner. It just kind of seems effortless for him. The question will be whether or not he can he can hold up and, and run blocking. I don't know how often they're going to ask him to line up as a traditional tight end and block, but that's the biggest question. All the receiving stuff, I mean, I think a lot of people people have already learned that he can run a slant pretty well. Um, and he's going to be a matchup nightmare for a linebacker in the slot. Um, but he's just, he's just a smooth, smooth player. And Sherfield, some people know him from the Dolphins and the Hardy, who hasn't played a ton of games recently. Just how, how do they fit in the offense, I guess, from your observations during training camp? I think Hardy is, is going to be you know, a slot guy more traditionally, but he also can do all the outside stuff too, which allows them to move people around. Um, but Shurfield is, is more of an outside guy, I think. But he's thicker. He's about 6'1 or so, but he's you know, 200 pounds. And he's a smart player. Um, he'll be one of the, the smarter players on the team. And he can find certain holes in the defense. And he'll, he'll be – maybe he's not going to be a big play guy like Hardy. Hardy will get you more splash plays because of his speed. But Shurfield is just reliable. He's going to get you that 8-yard catch, that 10-yard catch. You know, he's just, just going to be in the right place for you. The backup quarterback position, uh, Kyle Allen's at number two. The reports they uh, went after Trey Purdy from the 49ers. Just how is that position stacking out right now? I mean, the Bills have been very lucky. They haven't had to call on their number two quarterback much over the past couple of years. But, I mean, there could come a point where, I mean, you know, Josh Allen needs to be relieved and not in garbage time. Uh just what stood out to you about Kyle Allen, and what 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 do you see from that position? I guess. Well, I think I think their whole pro- thought process is based around the idea that they're not going to replace Josh Allen. Right. I think we we found last year they paid Case Keenum six million dollars, and then Allen gets hurt, and they don't put in Keenum. <laughs> they they decided that that a, a an Allen with a banged up elbow was their best option. And I think that's that's going to be the case again. And their idea is, if Allen is hurt bad enough that where he can't play, they're going to be in trouble anyway. So why are we going to go out and spend six million dollars on another backup quarterback? Mm-hmm. Um, and so for the money that they could offer, Kyle Allen was the best solution. Plus, he's you know good friends with with Josh, right? Which makes sense, you know, for a backup quarterback. You want a guy who can come in and do the job, but isn't trying to steal the number one job. Um, 
and it was a mixed bag. It was, I mean, it was kind of like Kyle Allen's career. It's been up and down. He had some good moments. He had some not so great moments. But who's out there right now that they can bring in um, that that could do any better? I, I don't think there's a whole lot of people out there. Um, some people might point to Colt McCoy. Um, maybe maybe they felt that McCoy didn't fit in their system. Maybe McCoy didn't want to come here. Who knows? Uh, maybe it was too much money. Uh, but I, I think that's the route they're going. They, they wanted a cheap option, and, and if Josh Allen gets hurt, he gets hurt. Interesting. I mean, I would hold my breath. I really – he's been so, so durable, but, I mean, there comes a point after years where – at some point, you're just going to need the backup quarterback, in my opinion, and they're going to have to play a game that's not, you know, week 17 or week 18 or whatever, that uh, it's a meaningless game. Okay, so, Nick, the season outlook. I mean, they're in a division that the the opponents keep getting better, in my opinion. The Jets added Aaron Rodgers. The Dolphins are an upward swing. The Patriots, I'm, I'm not sure about them, but, I mean, I don't expect them to be down for too long. Uh how do you think they take the next step? A lot of people think they they could regress. They their the window's kind of closing. How do you think they take that next step this year? Well, that's a lot of people have been saying the window is closing. The window is closing. I think it's always going to be open as long as Allen's healthy. Right. But that's that's the question. At some point, he's going to get injured. It, not not because he's necessarily running around all the time or taking unnecessary hits. But because he's a football player, and mm-hmm. at some point it's going to happen. There's been, there hasn't been anybody that's gotten through their career unscathed. So, you know, he had some injuries earlier in his career. Maybe, maybe that was his injury period. But at some point he's going to get hurt. Whether that's this year, who knows? But as long as he's healthy, the window is open to me because he's just that dynamic of a player. Mm-hmm. And, and, and. You know, we forget last year they won 13 games. We, you know, a lot of people look at how the season ended, and it didn't end well. But they won 13 games, and the team that won 13 games was not the same team when they lost to the Bengals in the playoffs that they were week two. I mean, just about every defensive player, defensive starter, missed at least one game. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's. It's a lot of players to get hurt, and then there were some some other injuries. I mean, Josh got hurt, and that certainly that certainly impacted them. I think quite a bit more than they lead on. And I think we forget uh, the season ended so disappointing for the Bills. But I mean, they went thirteen and three. They lost to the Dolphins, a game they very easily could have won, in my opinion. They lost to the Jets on the road, a game again they were in, they could have probably won and then they lose that wild game at home to the Vikings which they really should have won so I mean they they had a when you look at it they, they had a pretty remarkable regular season going 13 and 3 and be, being in every game I mean they they could have really gone 15 and 1 in my opinion and and that would have been one heck of a regular season so I mean the the disappointment I understand but there's there's still so much there coming off really one of the best regular seasons in their long, long history. I think they can win a Super Bowl without a Micah Hyde. Mm-hmm. They could win a Super Bowl without a Tredavious White. They could win a Super Bowl without a Von Miller. They can't win a Super Bowl if they're missing all of, all of them. Right. That's just not how it works. Um, and that's what happened. Mm-hmm. That's that. I mean, Tredavious White was out the first half of the season and certainly didn't look himself when he came back. I'd expect a little 
a little more regularity from him this year. But Hyde left week two and never came back. Um, Von Miller obviously went out midseason. All three of them being out, now now you're in trouble. And um, and I, I, I wouldn't discount the mental toll that everything took on them last year, whether it was the DeMar Hamlin injury, whether it was the two snowstorms, all the injuries, I mean, all of them, I mean, that, that, that just adds up. And I think that took a mental toll on them. And by the end of the season, they were just they were just worn down. They were beat up and worn down, and and I think that helped make the Bengals a better team. Right. We, we didn't see the the Bills, the Bills week two. I think maybe they beat the Bengals in the playoffs, but that's not the team that was there. Um, whether they can get back to that week two team, that's that's the question. Interesting. And you mentioned Vaughn Miller. He's going to be out at least the first four weeks. How are the Bills just going to keep handling his absence? Obviously, from Thanksgiving on, they uh, they were without him. Um, I think they assume he's going to be back at some point. But, I mean, for the first month, he's, he's, he's gone. And he's, I mean, he's such a huge part of that defense. Just how, how are they going to handle his, his absence this first month? Well, uh, I think the reason they brought in Leonard Floyd was to be in an insurance policy. Um, he's a guy who's had double-digit sacks. Uh, I think he's had 30 over the last three years. Um, I talked to him the other day, and, he, and, and he, I asked him, you know, if Vaughn is the closer, Vaughn likes to call himself the closer, <laughs> what does that make Leonard Floyd? He said the fire starter. Wow, I like that. He thought about it for a while. He was That was... That was the most interesting question to him. That's going to be on a T-shirt uh, next week, I bet, if he has a couple sacks on Monday. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> it's, it's going to be about committee. Even with Vaughn, they don't need Vaughn in the first four weeks. The season, Unless Allen gets hurt in the first four weeks and is out for the season, the season will not be won or lost in the first four weeks, as we found out last year. Right. And the year before. <laughs> um, but they're not going to play – one, two, three guys, a whole bunch of snaps. Uh, you might not even see Vaughn play a whole bunch of snaps until the playoffs. They want him as fresh as possible to be that closer. Not just the closer of the game, just closing out the season. That's what they want him to be. So I think last year, nobody played, no defensive end played more than 50% of the snaps. That's an interesting number. Or not even, no, I think 48% was the highest. That might have been Vaughn when he was, was playing. Um, so you're going to see Leonard Floyd. You're going to see Greg Rousseau, who I think could have a breakout here. He's just, he's a physical specimen, and it just seems like it's coming for him. Um, but you're also going to see A.J. Epinesa. You're going to see uh, Shaq Lawson. Maybe a little bit of Kingsley Jonathan, we'll see. But certainly those other guys that you've grown accustomed to, to watching the last few years, they're all going to play. They're all going to get significant snaps, and it's going to be a rotation. Interesting. And that rotation, I mean, the Bills have rotated the defensive line now for a while. I mean, it's worked well. I mean, it's hard to argue with what they've done, just moving guys in and out. No, I mean, last year when Vaughn got hurt, the, the, the quarterback pressures, um, the quarterback hurries, the quarterback hits – they were all relatively equal, and some of them went up. They just didn't bring the quarterback down at the same rate. You know, it, 
is that a fluke? I don't know. AJ Epinesa talked about. I mean, his his biggest bugaboo wasn't wasn't getting to the quarterback. It was bringing the quarterback down. He had six <laughs> and a half sacks, and he thought, you know, he missed more than fifty percent of his tackles. He said, I, I probably could have double digit sacks if I just made those tackles. Mm-hmm. So we'll see there. I think they have enough there to to put some pressure on until Vaughn is healthy. All right. So Monday night. Week one, Aaron Rodgers' debut with the New York Jets. Just what, what are your keys for the game? I mean, this game is getting a lot of hype. I mean, any opener in New York on Monday night is going to get a lot of hype. But Bills with Aaron Rodgers, if, excuse me, facing Aaron Rodgers, I mean, it's going to get a lot of hype. What do you, just what are your keys to the game? Well, I think Allen has to come out and be Josh Allen. There have been some some big games over the course of his career where he's been a little too amped up, and it's taken some time to either get him in the game or settle down or, or whatever it is. There's going to be a lot of juice um, because it's Monday night, because it's the season opener, because it's the Jets, because it's Aaron Rodgers, and because it's been a long off season for the Bills. I think um, just all of these questions, I'm sure they're they're ready to be done with them. Um, so it's it's coming out and playing smart and playing under control right away. I think that's the biggest thing. Because there's a little more juice to this than there has been in season openers of the past couple of years, I think. I think that's the biggest key. And then the other the other key is, you know, the Jets have struggled in pass protection during training camp. Can the Bills generate enough pressure to make Aaron Rodgers uncomfortable? Um, are we going to find out if Aaron Rodgers is – declining or if he's still that guy if last year was um, a fluke we'll find out I think Monday what's your opinion if he still has his uh, has his game has his fastball I mean do you think he's totally in decline or uh, you, you think still think he has like some some good football left well he's 40 right I mean there's no way he's the same as what he was five to ten years ago I think he's still got zip on his arm. He's still got accuracy. He doesn't move like he used to or as often as he used to. That's That was one of his biggest strengths was being able to get out of the pocket, throw on the run, taking advantage of a, a, an open running lane and, and getting 10, 15, 20 yards before anybody's even near him. He doesn't do that a whole lot anymore. So I think we're, we're looking at is he – is he going to end his career real quick like Peyton Manning's? You know, Peyton Manning get, got hurt, and it wasn't long before he was done. Or is he Tom Brady? And Tom Brady wasn't, after he turned 40, he wasn't the Tom Brady he was before. He was still very, very good, and obviously won Super Bowl. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but he wasn't the same player. He just did, had to do things a little bit differently. We'll see if, if Rodgers can adapt to that. Do you have a week one prediction? Um, no, no. But I, I, I do think, I do think the Bills, the Bills should win. They're favored to win. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think they're going to win probably. Um, but you never know. It's, uh, they lost Week One of the Steelers two years ago when everybody's picking them to go to the Super Bowl. Right. And people thought the sky was falling, and <laughs> they ended up winning the division. It took a little longer. To get there than most people would have would have liked, but they got there. If they lose Monday, I don't think it's a big deal. Um, but they should win. What's your What's your prediction? 
What's my prediction? I think they'll... I'm not a big prediction guy, but I do think they'll win, like, you know, 24-20 or something like that. The defensive struggle? Defensive, but yeah, in the modern NFL, that is a defensive struggle, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> well, what about for the season? It's a tough division now. You got the, the Dolphins have improved. Um, they've kind of they've tried to go to the the old uh, Philadelphia Eagles All Star route, trading for Bradley Chubb, Jalen Ramsey, guys like that. Um, you got the Jets who have brought in some of the older guys like Aaron Rodgers, mm-hmm. Dalvin Cook, and the Patriots are the Patriots. <laughs> I think the Bills will go 11 and 6, 12 and 5. And by the way, it still sounds weird. like this 17 game regular season is still throwing me off. It just doesn't seem right to me. I I'm I'm old school. I like 16 games, but um I think they'll go my feeling is they'll go 11 and 5. Excuse me, 11 and 6, 12 and 12 and 5 and they they could they should win the division and we'll see how it plays out from there. But I'm I'm looking forward to this. Um I just, you know, growing up with the Bills in the eight, even the 80s, 90s, uh, I never thought we'd experience anything like that again after going so long. It, it's been and it's been a lot of fun just to watch these last several years and see them really emerge as a legit Super Bowl contender. No, I think 11, 12 wins. That's probably a good, a good window to be in. Um, I don't think winning the division is as important as it was the last couple of years. I think it's more important to fans than, than anybody else. Obviously, it's nice to play at home, but it doesn't guarantee anything. As right. You know, we learned last year. But um, just if, if they get in, I think they'll be dangerous. All they have to do at this point is get in the playoffs. And, you know, I, I think they'll have a shot. All right, Nick. Good stuff. Good stuff. So, so let's let's transition to some Sabres here, here, Bill. It's it's been it seems like the Sabres have been have been off for like a year at this point. Oh, well, they've been off what uh, mid April, so they've been off four and a half months, so more than that. So it's it's been a long off season, and it's been an interesting off season just because they ha- they haven't made a ton of moves, and that's that's a credit to Kevin Adams and his staff, and just. The stability they've been able to find. I mean, for years. I mean, the off season and even during the season it was there was a lot of chaos. There was a lot of upheaval. Just constant moves, guys in and out, major trades. I mean, and this year, this this summer is it's been quiet. It's been it's been interesting just to see the plan coming to fruition and how they've been able to. Uh, just stabilize things and, and have the roster they they desire and uh, just some small moves really this off season that should be pretty big moves in my opinion if that makes any sense just signing Connor Clifton a right shot defenseman and just signing Eric Johnson another right shot defenseman who's a veteran that they needed on that blue line but those were kind of the the biggest things in my opinion and um it just shows how far the organization's come in a couple of years when they were at rock bottom, and now here we are two years later. Um, they're basically implementing their vision, and they have the team they want. I think I think people have been waiting for the big off-season move for quite a while now because they've had so much cap space. Mm-hmm. Are you surprised this never happened? No, because uh, Kevin Adams has been adamant he's not going to – uh, 
you know, make those knee jerk moves, do something for the short term. He has his in his mind what he wants the team to look like, how he wants to build it, and that's homegrown talent through the draft. You know, shrewd trades, smart trades. And he's not going to overpay and just take shortcuts. And we've seen him do that. You know, you get people wondering, oh, the Sabres are going to sign Patrick Kane. And I don't think they will. And maybe at some point, if he's available next offseason or in another year or whatever, uh, they, they're at that point where they, they feel they need to add a Patrick Kane. But I don't think I don't think they're at that level yet. And I don't think those are the moves Kevin Adams wants to make. I think that the general thinking is when you have a whole bunch of prospects in your systems, eventually you have to move some of them because either they're not all going to pan out or you're going to have a log jam. I think that was the case for the Sabres post-lockout. They had all those prospects, and I think they dealt some of them too quickly, and then the ones they had never got past a certain point. Um, Where do you see that with the Sabres now? Just... I think a lot of people think they have one of the best farm systems in the NHL right now. When is the right time to, to, to deal some of those guys? And how do you deal them? Do you deal them for a standout player? Do you trade them for more picks to, to reload? Well, I, I, at this point, I don't think they would trade them for more picks. I would think they would trade them for established talent. Of course, that's if they trade any. I've had this talk with other people where – They've compiled so many prospects, so many top-level prospects, in my opinion, that at a certain point, there's not going to be room for all of them. They're going to need need something. And one of these guys, I don't want to name anyone because uh, who knows, but one of these guys we're, we're, we're talking about, fans are talking about, people are excited about, just isn't going to you know play for the Sabres or play for them very long. But I, I think right now, I mean, Kevin Adams has said that certain guys, Matt Savoy, Yuri Kulik, uh, another guy or two, uh, they're basically, he's not interested in trading them. They're, they're non-starters in conversations. So I, I, I think at this point that they their plan is to bring them along and uh, see how that plays out. Their first instinct is to, to keep them. I mean, I think they expect Yuri Kulik to comp- at least – very least compete for a spot this year. I think he'll possibly earn one. I mean, they've met Savoy who I think could get a look in the regular season this year. I mean, there's so many guys you can Benson. keep. Yeah. Zach Benson, um, Isaac Roseanne, um, who I think probably would go back to Rochester this year, but could certainly get NHL games this year. So I think they're where they are right now is they, they want to keep these guys and let, let everything come to fruition because as as we've seen from the last couple of years, these guys are, you know, Jack Quinn, J.J. Paterka, they're they're developing rapidly. Um, Krebs. Peyton Krebs, for sure. Um, th- th- they're hitting all the check marks. They're getting to the NHL. They're making contributions. And, you know, Jack Quinn, J.J. Paterka, I mean, they had some growing pains last year. But at the, at the end of the day, I mean, they had pretty strong rookie years, and they were on the second line a lot of the year. And based on everything I saw from them and know about them, um, well, Jack Quinn's injured, but uh, they should showcase more growth this year. And Jack Quinn, again, he's probably not going to play until at least maybe December, January, but Jack Quinn should have 
you know, a 20 goal type season when he's healthy. Same with JJ Paterka, you know, 50 point potential. And that's just in their second NHL season. So these guys are hitting the check marks. They're doing everything right, more or less. And I think the Sabres want to see this come, come to fruition. They want to see them in the NHL and they're not ready to deal them. And, I mean, those, that's the name of the game, right? Is, is trading someone before you know exactly what they are. A young guy. Some of these guys are just so young that you got to give them a chance, a little bit for your own, for your own purposes before you try and trade them for someone else. I think. I agree, and I mean, if you, tra- I mean, if you trade prospect X and uh, <laughs> they go on and they become a, you know, a star that people think they could become, and and you get a, a twenty-eight-year-old guy that you know had a couple thirty-goal seasons and is already kind of near decline i mean that's that that's uh, not what kevin adams wants to do and you know maybe they're reaching a point where they do make a trade they, they do want to make a trade for the present to get in the playoffs this year i mean there's going to come a point where they need to add assets for the present but i don't i still don't think they're quite at that point so and we we, we look at rasmus Dahlin, who was drafted at 18 years old, and it took a little bit for him to mm-hmm. to get where they want him to be. And now I think he's one of the best defensemen in the NHL, and is starting to, to get to a point where he can control the pace of the game for sure. For, from 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 his time on the ice, there's been some contract extension talks with both both Dahlin and Owen Power, another no, former number one pick who. I thought made great strides towards the end of last year. He was terrific. Do you think? Do you think those deals get done? I think they will get done. Uh, I'm not sure when. I think some of us actually thought with Dowling, uh, there was such positive talk around his extension that we thought when, come July 1st, uh, it would be it would be announced shortly after that. But I still think it's coming. Uh, maybe it comes right around when training camp starts or during camp. We saw last year there were some extensions around training camp time. Uh, Tage Thompson got one. Uh, Matias Samuelson got one. Don Granado got one. So that seems to be a time they like doing things. Uh, but I think it'll get done, and it's going to be a mammoth deal. It's going to be nine, ten million dollars at least. It's going to be long term, probably. I'm not sure about Power. Uh, Power, his deal, he might be better off waiting, to be honest with you, because he doesn't get the attention because he's a defenseman and Darlene's there, but he had just a remarkable rookie season, just the minutes he played and the tough minutes, the even strength minutes. Uh, For him to come into the NHL at 19 and he turned 20 during the year, for him to come in and to be that play that mature game was just I mean I don't you, you haven't seen many guys do that over the course of the the, the NA you know the, the you know the recent NHL so I think I mean if he takes the steps that people think he's going to take I mean he could be a very very elite defenseman you know by the winter so I think uh maybe he's better off waiting I mean they've Kevin Adams has said they've had discussions but I I think if if he wants to wait, I mean, he, it wouldn't be the worst move on his end. He, I think a lot of people saw him when he first came to the Sabres. He was hopping into plays and things like that. He's not doing that as much as Darlene, but he's he's impacting the game in other ways. He's been just 
so sturdy, so solid. And I think both of these guys, they also extended Dylan Cousins during the offseason here. Um, all these extensions is the reason why probably they haven't gone out and tried to land that big fish. I mean, it, Thompson got a pretty nice – it was an expensive deal, but I think a team-friendly deal. Oh, yeah. it looked, And it, honestly, it looks like a bargain now. Right. And I, I think Darlene is going to – probably break the, they're gonna have to break the bank to keep him for sure and eventually they're gonna have to break the bank to keep power um so it, it seems to me that that's that's been smarter than them. why why go after a guy in his 30s who you're not going to get the value of throughout the duration of their contract when you can when you can extend your own players for sure and that i mean that's that's the way to grow a team in the nhl right now i mean that's been the way it's been for the last 10 15 years kind of post lockout and i mean going back to the post lockout sabers when they were so good they had i mean these guys were you know jury breer those guys were a little older more established um and they were entering unrestricted free agency but you saw what happened when you let those guys go and it can it can change it change the whole course of your your team and 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 one thing that that's important to note about Darlene and these guys, I mean, they want, I mean, they want to be here. They, they've, they've made no bones about it. They're not, you know, they're offering a bunch of money. Yeah. i up. It's, they really want to be here. They feel they're part of something special. They, they love being around the guys. I've never seen a team so close where they're just, uh, you know, they want to hang out, <laughs> you know, everyone's talking about hanging out away, away from the rink and there's no clicks. It, it, it's remarkable how close they've grown in a few years together. So these guys want to be here. And I think that's important to note. Well, and you, you go back to the Drury Briere deal. You want to keep those guys, but at the same end, they both signed lucrative contracts. And I don't believe that either of them played the duration of their contract or at least at the same level. Certainly Drury did not. Um, so it, it kind of goes both ways. They were both in their thirties, mid mid thirties, early thirties, and I don't know that it necessarily worked out for the teams that signed them very much. I think the difference this time, though, is I think this this core group of players that they're retaining have the potential or already are more dynamic than the core they thought they had last time around. Well, there there's certainly uh... there's more superstar potential there between. Thompson and Darlene and and, and I would say so yes because I think as good as Drury and Breer were uh, and this is no knock on them they were probably coming off their career years in 06 07 where Chris Drury hits whatever 30 30, uh, almost 40 goals and Danny Breer has 95 points and Danny Breer by the way was bought out by the Flyers uh, I believe so he didn't finish that deal Drury didn't finish with his Rangers right he I believe he hurt his hand so they they um I will say though the the Sabers and we're going. I know we're going back like forever ago, but the Sabers, uh, those guys were willing to sign shorter term, smaller money deals to stay in Buffalo. So if they had signed with the Buffalo with the Sabers, uh, they might have finished the deals. Um, but yes, the the the, the, the Sabers have the makings if if they don't already of it. Just a dynamic, dynamic young core that really could be the envy of the NHL very soon. For a while. Yes, for a long time. I mean, because these guys, I mean, it's remarkable how young this team is. I mean, none of these guys, I mean, these guys have been around so long, some of them, you think that they're like, you know, 27, 28 years old, but they're not. I mean, Rasmus Dahlin, I mean, 
he was he's whatever 23 i mean and he's one of the older more experienced guys that's why signing a connor clifton signing especially an eric johnson and just giving them some some you know bet a, a battle tested veteran so to speak on that blue line is such a big deal for them because as good as these guys are i mean and they've been through a lot just with the way this organization has been but I mean, they've never played a playoff game and they've they haven't been through some of this stuff so i think uh those two guys will give them that element on the blue line you look at a lot of these guys i think when cousins deals up he's still going to be in his prime mm-hmm. um, when it's depending on how long Darlene signs for he'll still be in his prime power will still be in his prime after his next deal uh thompson will be on the fringe mm-hmm. i think the one thing that they're missing um is a veteran a veteran forward with some grit not a fighter but a guy who'll go in the corner who'll bang around in front of the net get you 2025 goals do you see any more moves before the start of the of the season I don't see any more moves before the start of the season. They have some cap room to play with. Um, I don't know what's out there is going to really uh, fill any holes or cure any ails. Um, you know, do, do they try to go after the best free agent scorer that's available because Jack Quinn's hurt? I would say no. I think they just wait it out, and some of these guys can grow into a larger role, and, and they can see how it goes. But uh, I just don't think they're going to make anything notable before the start of the season. I mean, maybe they bring in a guy in a tryout. Uh, that would be more of a depth thing, maybe a guy that could end up in Rochester. But I don't see any major moves before the start of the regular season. And the type of player I describe, that's usually a, that's usually a deadline guy. You know, right. You know, a, a Steve Hines. Yes, a Steve Hines, 57. That was a very good deadline deal, by the way, back in 2001, I believe. Yeah, they had a, they had a run of them for a while there. They had Joey Juneau in 99. That's they, right. <laughs> they brought back Donald Audette. And I mean, those aren't the gritty players, but they're veteran players. Right. The Sabres have, like you mentioned, they have they have Eric Johnson. They still have Kyle Ocposo. Um But I think they're still missing that, that veteran presence to complement those, those younger guys a little bit. But... That's not that's not a monumental piece, and it's easy to add at some point. Yeah, I mean, if they want to, not that those players grow on trees, but they certainly, if they want to add a gritty veteran um, who has a bit of a scoring touch, I mean, they have assets to get one. So I think uh, down the line that could certainly be something they examine at looking at. So take us through when 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 everything gets ramped up here for the Sabers. All right, so we got Prospects Challenge Rookie Tournament starting next week. Uh, camp the week after that, and just after just a few days of camp, we get into preseason games. So it's here already, and they have a wild stretch of game preseason games as a as the um, as the um, uh, camp progresses. So it's going to get busy here in a in a hurry. So buckle up. I think it's going to. I think this is the most anticipated season. In a long time, maybe since uh, uh, 2011, maybe when they they made all those when they signed Christian Ehrhoff and Billy Leno, and they were coming off the high of uh, the Pagulas purchasing the team. So I mean, uh, this is they have some hype to them, and I'm I'm interested to see how they how they handle it because they haven't had a lot of hype and expectations over the last few years or any really, but uh, now they do. 
Well, and it, it's a, an exciting time. You've you've had your vacation. You're you have to <laughs> you're gonna have to put away your sandals and, and come off the beach here for a little bit and, and get back to work. No, oh, you make it sound like I've been lounging around for months. I've been I've been uh, I've been trying to write as much as I can. <laughs> well, I don't know about that. I, I think he, Bill's been taking it pretty easy the last couple months, kicking his feet up. All right, maybe most, maybe most of August, maybe most of August, but uh, July was busy with the draft and development camp, so, all right, so, all right, well, Nick, it's been fun, the first of hopefully very many, uh, which I'm going to try to bring these to you each week, so thank you for listening to Buffalo Beat, check us out, and uh, we'll catch you soon, thank you.